0: Here on the Christine Eptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome, everybody. You might be listening live here in the Seattle area on 1150 AM KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio. You might be listening anywhere around the world online on transformationtalkradio.com. Um, if you're listening after the fact, you might be listening on com in the archives or in one of the dozens of podcasts this ends up. But whenever and wherever, you're going to be really grateful you joined us here today because we are going to get down and dirty dirty and true and vulnerable and authentic And we're not going to be putting any spiritual frosting on our conversation today. But before I share who our wonderful guest is today, I want to say hello to the man behind the technology over there, (laughs) Mr. Benny Mathers. Hey, Benny. Hi,
1: Chrissy. I'm glad you explained a little further than just the down and dirty part because then you can stop it right there. There's a whole (laughs) world in front of us.
0: Well, you never know where the conversation may flow. Very true. Yeah.
1: We keep yes. it friendly around here. Keep it keep it clean. We do and Kid and, friendly. and
0: we are being monitored by the or you know, the, the, we have to abide the by ups. the FCC the FCC FCC sorry FCC. <laughs> yeah, you can make, make up you
1: can make a name <laughs> for whatever
0: you want. I've been I've been following too many of the um, <laughs> too many of the political posts, Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. The FCC, yes. So we have to we have to keep it fairly clean on this show. <laughs> I'm so excited about our guest today. Oh. We have Chris Grosso. And we are going to be talking about how we are perfectly imperfect, how to find beauty, love, and healing with the mess that we call being human. Chris Grosso, I love this, he says he's not a spiritual teacher. He's incredibly flawed, flawed just like the rest of us, and isn't afraid to say so. Um, He likes to get raw and vulnerable about the said flaws and his many insecurities, and It's great for him to be, like, presenting himself as a true authentic being that he is because he gives us permission to do the same. Um, He is passionate about sharing the tools and techniques that have quite literally saved his life, and we're going to be talking about that, in the hopes that these tools can help others as well. He's written three books, including Indie Spiritualist, Everything Mind, and um, he also writes for Revolver Magazine. And he's a youth mental health group facilitator with the Newport Academy. He's, I love this, in his bio, he says he's spoken at a bunch of fancy schmancy festivals and conferences. <laughs> That's my man right there. <laughs> uh, and um, I would, I, I want to hear about his story and you're going to be fascinated by this. And I'm so grateful to welcome Chris Crosso. Hey, Chris, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me on, Christine. It's a pleasure. <laughs> you're
0: welcome. You know, Chris, um I know that many of us have, we've reached out to the psycho-spiritual tools along the way, the, the the accessing wisdom from the consciousness movement in order to get through life, which can be so, so heavy. Right. You say these tools literally saved your life. Yeah. Why is that?
2: Well, um... First and foremost, I am, of course, very transparent in the work I do. If your listeners didn't get that from my bio, which uh, thank you for sharing that and and editing it down a little bit. Um, But I'm in recovery from drugs and alcohol. And um, as Father Thomas Keating once said to me, just the human condition in general. Mm. Um, But it was the drugs and alcohol that quite literally brought me to my knees, brought me to jail cells, brought me to emergency rooms, uh, landed me in many uh, inpatient rehabilitation programs, uh, led me to being intubated because I couldn't breathe on my own anymore. Um, A lot of very near-death experiences, and uh, tragically I've lost a lot of people I care deeply about to overdoses, to suicides, to Mm. just tragic circumstances. Mm. So I say that because once I was introduced to these various practices and uh, the spiritual path, if uh, one cares to choose to call it that, Uh um, it was through these things that began to change my life. And I I do want to be clear that it's not like overnight everything became perfect because you know, I started meditating, I started working with all these different means and methods, and Mm -hmm. I still, uh, suffered several relapses through that process. However, each one got shorter, was less significant, uh, not significant, but, um, for the most part, wasn't quite as, uh, rough as the one prior to. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, it it really is thanks to those that I learned to love myself Uh, I learned to have self-worth and respect things I do struggle with still I'm not fully like there yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah so you know things of that nature so that's Mm -hmm. what I mean when I when I say that in in a kind of nutshell sort of way Mm
0: -hmm. so from your perspective what is addiction and do many of us suffer from it
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think everybody uh, is addicted in one way or another. Eckhart Tolle made that very clear. um, I believe it was in The Power of Now, but he said, you know, people think they're not addicted, but look at your thoughts. You know, we literally we can't stop thinking even, you know, 20 plus years of meditating and I get lost in thoughts all the time. I'm addicted to thinking and and the Um, thoughts
0: are often the same thoughts over and over again.
2: Exactly. And the majority of them are not self-serving and positive. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, and to certain extents and, and people hear that word addiction and and automatically have this negative connotation around it. And it doesn't have to be that way because there are healthy addictions. You know, Mm -hmm. we can be addicted to going to the gym again, Mm -hmm. in a healthy way, not a way that we're doing more harm than good, but there are healthy things that we can be doing that could fall under that category. Mm -hmm. But certainly, you know, and when people, for an example, will say, well, how, how much clean time do you have? How long has it been since you've drank or done drugs? Mm -hmm. I don't count. I stopped counting a long time ago because Uh for me in my life, addiction, the drugs and alcohol, they're just a symptom. They're not the actual issue. What's happening for me is i have uh, a literally a brain disorder i have this mental and uh, or obsessive compulsive mental disorder uh-huh. and i will find myself acting out maybe not with drugs or alcohol but in various other ways at times you know it might be food it might be um i don't know even playing guitar when i should be working for excessive uh-huh. amounts of hours right. in a, in uh, as a means of aversion so yeah addiction is rampant um some have more serious uh, repercussions or ramifications mm-hmm. than others right. guitar and chocolate's not going to land me in jail like the other ones have right. well that'd be interesting if it did <laughs> um th- sounds like a challenge if yeah. anything let me see what i can do about that yeah. but yeah so to a certain extent yes i do believe we all wow. have our addictions for sure
0: and i think so as well so What do you think the underlying cause of addiction is?
2: Um, I think a big part of it is that it's really deeply rooted and it's something that's been passed down um, generationally and not intentionally or maliciously, Mm -hmm. but I think that Uh, even, you know, as young children, we're learning from our parents and our schools and, um, you know, whatever other organizations we're involved with that, um, things like loving ourselves or having a sense of self-worth, uh, there's almost like something wrong with that. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's the case for everyone, but I do a lot of work with youth in residential programs, as you mentioned in my bio. And I find that that is one of the common themes. And, So again, I want to be clear that it's not in a malicious way. Sometimes it is, unfortunately, but Uh generally it's just people are passing down what they were taught, believing that they have the best interest in mind um, for their loved ones. And, you know, I'm hoping that as time changes and we continue to progress and evolve as humans, we're seeing less of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I can really only speak for myself. And I know for me, a big part of it stemmed from... That lack of self-love, that lack of self-worth, mm-hmm. that lack of, you know, feeling like I fit in and um, feeling like I was a bad person because I was I didn't fit the status quo uh, as far as like back as eight years old. Mm-hmm. I was always kind of an, uh the black sheep, so to speak, not just in my family, but in life and uh, continue to be to this day. Mm-hmm. But I've learned congratulations. To, uh, yes, I-, I think that's you. a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Today I can wear that as a badge, you know, something of pride, whereas, you know, when you're a teenager or when you're not even yet a teenager, it's tough. Um, But yeah, I think that's part of it. And and I know we have to be uh, mindful of time. So I'm just trying to give, you know, again, some things that have hit home for me in that regard. But Mm -hmm. I want to be clear to the listeners that these are not definitive answers. These are based on my direct experience. So you ask 10 different people, you're going to get 10 different answers, but that's a, a little something, I think, that certainly contributes mm-hmm. to it.
0: You know, um, when you're talking about how things get passed down, I think about how my parents controlled me and my brother's behavior through shaming. Sure. And how I I worked really hard not to pass that down to my own kids. And yet, you know, they too have some worthiness issues that they have to deal with. And it's, it's a sort of thing where... Um, it, it's almost like by being human, that we are are taught to think of ourselves as less than.
2: Yes, that's you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing. Also, you like you were aware and you did the best you could. Mm-hmm. but we're all human. We're all flawed, We're all fallible. My parents had me at 21. Mm-hmm. My dad was raised in foster care and didn't have a father figure in his life, uh-huh. you know, and and so they did the best that they could oh, and of course. I'm so fortunate they're still together. They just celebrated like their 40 something anniversary. Uh-huh. I apologize I should know. It was I don't know but they're wonderful and they've supported me through everything I've been through and Uh, I'm so blessed you know to have them so I know that they did the best that they could and and um,
0: and we're doing the best that we can
2: exactly
0: and we have to go to a quick break but stay tuned for more with Chris Grosso here in just a few moments the vibration of change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming if you're like I am it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life from your relationships to your health and well being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health healing and science join me christine upchurch every friday at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on kknw am 1150 and transformation talk radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change
1: if you struggle with fear and anxiety you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel you've tried everything but nothing helped you overcome these blocks Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program, which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's Accelerator program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.
0: I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How
3: many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m.
0: Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Uptrich Show here on KKNW in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You know, Chris, you've been very frank about your journey, um, and how is it that taking some of the frosting off of our um, psycho-spiritual journeys and getting raw and vulnerable, how is that helping other people?
2: Well, I feel like... um You know, I try to be as transparent as possible, not only in interviews or workshops, but in my books and everything I do, because one thing I noticed when I started reading, uh, quote unquote, spiritual literature, Mm -hmm. whether, um, well, I would say more contemporary because I still frequent a lot of the great wisdom texts from those who are no longer with us. Uh Um, but a lot of the more contemporary literature that I was reading again, going back 20 years, it, I felt like I was learning a lot, so I, I don't want to sound like a you know negative about it, but it came across to me as these teachers had it all figured out mm-hmm. and their lives were, you know, I, they weren't saying they were perfect, but it was like, here's, you know, you do X, Y, and Z and everything's going to be fine. And, um, I, I don't know, it kind of set almost this unrealistic expectation for me and again, just speaking for myself, I would end up, I would be judging myself about my meditation practice and working with mantra and, you know, I'm not doing it well enough. And, you know, so that's why I wanted to go the complete opposite route in, and that's just who I was in general anyways, but Mm -hmm. to make sure that, While I'm writing and write in my bio, no, I'm not a spiritual teacher. I'm just a human being that shares experiences. And yeah, I talk about spiritual topics and share about spiritual teachings, but I'm not any more of a teacher than anyone that comes to any of my workshops or reads my books because I learn from others just as much, I believe, as they learn from me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel being so raw and transparent. uh, My hope is that it shows others that, it's okay to be, you know, a a human being and to mess up and, you know, skip days of meditation when we just don't have it in us or, Mm -hmm. you know, to sit down for five minutes and we intend to sit for 20 and we just, we don't have that in us. And, you know, I'm not saying do that every time. I encourage people to push themselves a bit, but realistically, like we're human. And that's it. Like, we're not Mm -hmm. perfect. And there is no five easy steps to fixing our lives and our lives will. Darn.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that, Chris. (laughs) I
2: I wish I had better news for you. I mean, there are plenty of other books out there that will disagree with me. and Just check the New York Times bestseller list. But they're there for a reason because people want those quick fixes. And unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And that's not to say that there are not helpful things that people can take away from from books like that but mm-hmm. to me and again it, just for me that's more of a Band-Aid approach where i'm i'm interested in let's what's really going to help what's really going to get to the root of what's going on and how can i start to really sift through this wreckage this you know shadow material this stuff that's in there that's dictating m- my way of living in the in the world that i'm not even aware of mm-hmm. um, uh, you've probably had guests on i'm sure that have talked about how I think it upwards of 98% of our days are dictated from a reactionary place based in this unconscious material we carry with us. And it's just like we're on autopilot and we don't even realize it. So mm-hmm. we essentially don't have much say in the way we are in the world. And people hearing that might be like, yeah, right. I, I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm being. And uh, look at the studies, do some Google searches and see what you come up with. Cause it's uh it's, it's kind of frightening, to be honest, to mm. know that that's the way that so many people live. Um, yeah. But anyways, I digress.
0: And one of the things that um, I find so disturbing is that some of the quick fixes that you were talking about lead people to great self-judgment. Sure. And it seems to me that self-acceptance is the key to moving forward as opposed to that, that judgment. And yes, I I agree. We need to um, challenge ourselves and hold ourselves up to a high standard, but it not at the the risk of, of feeling that we aren't worthy, that we, we aren't right, that we aren't okay, that there's something wrong
2: with us. Yeah. So well said. And you know, the, the other side of that, too, is that some of these um, approaches kind of throw out Western medicine and Western um, psychology and, you know, or just yeah. like this, this is the way this is how you do it. You don't need to worry about any of that. Like crystals will take care of this and Mm -hmm. homeopathic that and I am not anti any of that I think that there can be a beautiful mix of western medicine and eastern philosophy but as you know and I do recognize this as an extreme case but my friend Jeff Brown who is Mm, an incredible author yeah, yeah wonderful author and writer and he speaks out more vehemently than I do about this ego so far as to call it the new cage movement. And um, <laughs> yes. I understand where he's coming from. We're very similar in our beliefs. But unfortunately for him, he has or had a friend who embarked in uh, in this kind of uh, approach and stopped doing things things like seeing a therapist and taking medication Mm. and believing what she was reading, that this is going to fix everything. I don't need anything else. And she ended up committing suicide because it didn't fix what she was doing. And, and so there are dangers that, that lie, you know, in, in these routes that aren't being very clear that, this can help and will help, but mm-hmm. there are other things you need to keep doing. Yeah. It's like a shirt I see at a lot of conferences. It says uh meditation over medication. And mm-hmm. I very much appreciate the sentiment behind that. Right. But I know people that literally have to take medication. Their brain chemistry is yep. off. Yep. They need it for depression, anxiety, and and that's shaming. It, you know, it and is I know shaming.
0: People, you're yeah. you're right. And- uh,
2: so Go ahead, and I, and I, I think that
0: um, as somebody who has facilitated numerous healings, I saw many almost instantaneous shifts, healings, yeah. transformations. Right. However, with my own life, I saw amazing healings, but I also have struggled in a variety of ways. And and I know that back in the days when I was suffering um, from gallbladder issues, I thought, well, I healed myself of cancer once upon a time. You know, I should be able sure. to heal my gallbladder. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Finally, I had to have two surgeries to deal with the the toxic gallbladder and the gallstones. And it was like it was it was very illuminating for me because sometimes the angels, so to speak, come in the form of the more ethereal realm, and sometimes they come holding scalpels. You know?
2: Yes, absolutely. It's all like if if we look at it, not to get overly esoteric, but. You know, all everything in the material is born out of this quantum soup of pure potentiality. Yes, and that includes, like you said, the angels holding the scalpels, as well as the ethereal, you know, angels that we might not see with with the naked eye. But it's still all there. It's all interconnected. Um, there is no difference. So I'm really glad you made that point, and and that's what you know helps me at least. I, I was going to say reconcile, not anymore, but in the beginning, you know, I went through that rite of passage of spiritual bypassing and uh-huh. spiritual materialism. And, um, but when I got to that place of reconciliation with the East and West modalities and recognizing mm-hmm. there's a lot of value in both, um, it was learning more about the interconnectivity and teachings from people like Thich Nhat Hanh and, and, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. wonderful people that, that speak to that. Um, so that helped me. So, Maybe you it'll help it.
0: use the phrase spiritual bypassing. What is yeah.
2: that? Uh, basically, using our spiritual means and methods as a way of uh, aversion rather than going deeper. So, mm-hmm. uh, spirituality can be, when we were talking about addictions earlier, uh-huh. spirituality can be an addiction and not a healthy one. A lot of people can sit on a cushion because they want to drop out and they want to, you know, like, get out of their head and, and that's fine. But when you're doing it with the intention of, I just don't want to feel, it's just a different way of numbing. I want to be in this transcendent state. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're doing it just for that, don't forget that yes like again to bring up Jeff Brown a quote I love of his is: it's true that we are spiritual beings having a human experience but we are also human beings having a human experience and I find a lot of people tend to negate that human element in our lives and so we go to the cushion and we try to transcend that and we try to get away from that uh, instead of reconciling the two you know Uh, combining
0: is it that we want to separate it out kind of like that's the important piece of who we are as opposed to it's just integrated into all of who we are
2: yeah well I mean who wants to feel pain at the end of the day and I think that goes back to the oldest part of our triune brain, the reptilian uh, brain, which is uh, our survival, fight or flight, that part of the brain. And that's our deepest, you know, that's the original brain we have and it's still very much there and active. And along with that comes, like I said, survival and avoiding pain. And um, a lot of people don't understand, we have three different brains that are working together at the same time and that one can speak louder than the neocortex, which is our most, you know, fully realized or conscious part of the brain, the most evolved portion to date. However, it's just ingrained. Nobody wants to feel pain. Yet at the same time, as the Buddha would say, that's the first noble truth is that if you take birth as a human being, it's completely unavoidable. Right. What people don't understand though, is the degree to which we suffer is much more in our power than most of us are aware of.
0: Yeah, And for some reason it, it brings to mind about how when we're growing up, we come up with you know, certain mechanisms, certain, certain approaches, certain perspectives that help us avoid pain that we have no control over because it just gets us through childhood. And we can yeah. see, often will continue those same patterns into adulthood and spend a whole lot of energy avoiding facing that original pain, so to speak, um, right. And it, I think that for those of us who've been on our, our journeys in the in the, the down and dirty, tr- dirty trenches, we understand yeah. that ultimately facing some of that stuff is far more freeing than pushing it away.
2: The only way out is through one of my yeah. favorite sayings. Yeah, and I, that's I love that saying. Yeah.
0: We're going to go to a quick break, but stay tuned for more with Chris Grasso. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836.
4: That's 425-999-9836. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. Parenting will always be a bit of a mystery. Who knows why some parenting ideas work and others do not? Or why some kids seem to succeed despite family setbacks while others have so much given to them and yet fail to thrive. The one thing we do know is that once you have a child, you'll never be quite the same again awe-inspiring emotions like overwhelming love, extreme guilt, intense frustration, and incredible joy make this job second to none. Breaking free of parenting pressures means recognizing the pieces that make us unique, the pieces that we carry with us from the past, and the pieces that are influenced by the society we live in. When we can pick and choose which pieces we want to keep around and change the others to align with our inner wisdom, we will feel more self-assured and our role as a parent
1: for information and to work with debbie visit empoweringnrg.com right now ask yourself how far are you from your dream are you closer today than yesterday entrepreneur and personal coach deborah rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you tune in to the deborah rothschild show developing a dynamic you to learn more about deborah visit the That's the D-E-B-R-A show.com.
3: Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
1: Your money is your creational energy when you feed your wealth back into what you love. It signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you hand listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are for more information on karen and money momentum visit soulwhispers.uk
0: the vibration of change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming if you're like i am it can be rather elusive to get there But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm having a conversation today with author and indie spiritualist who claims he's not a spiritual teacher, Chris Grosso. (laughs) Um, Chris, you know you've talked about you dealing with addiction, helping others who are dealing with this messiness of being human. And I can't help but think about how many of us who've been on our psycho spiritual journeys, conscious journeys, whatever you want to call it for decades, who are experiencing more emotional upheaval, less balance because of what's going on in our world, and I'm thinking particularly, you know, myopically about the United States and what's been going on politically, how do we process some of the stuff that feels and looks so intense and so out of alignment and find balance in our own lives?
2: Well, uh, I'm glad you bring that up because it is so important. You know, we, we take time to sit on our cushions or go to our yoga classes and and that's wonderful. But if we're doing it and just leaving it there, then what's the point? And to me, meditation is not just about sitting for 30 or 40 minutes and then leaving it. It's about doing that so I can bring it with me out into the world. Yes. And um, yeah, and so, you know, so using the political climate is a perfect example because I think there's a very fine line uh, between cultivating an attitude of compassion Mm -hmm. for those that uh, we don't see eye to eye with and trying to remain open-minded or at least open to having a conversation. So instead of just having this political, you know, arguments back and forth, uh, I'd rather have a conversation with someone about, you know, help me understand why you believe, you know, the things that are, are current president is saying and and why is that resonating? Help me understand. I don't want to just tell you you're wrong. I want to hear where you're coming from. Yet there's also a time where we need to stand up. And if something is not right and not in line with our own integrity and our own authentic selves, I think it needs to be, or at least for me, um, I will speak up and I will say something. Mm -hmm. So you know, a practice that I will use, uh, well, not a practice I use, but something I do, and it was inspired by who I consider, like, a root teacher, Ram Das uh-huh. is that going back as far as, like, Casper Weinberger, he would talk about uh, on his puja table, he would have Maharaji, and he would have Christ and whomever else, you know, Krishna or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, Ananda, Maya, Maya, and there was Caspar Weinberger, you know, and he would always kind of joke about, like, how he'd be like, oh, hello <laughs> Maharaji. Hi Christ. And hello, Casper. And mm-hmm. you know, and then Bush got into office and he put Bush on his puja table. And then uh now he has Trump. And um I've wow. always appreciated, you know, that they these are human beings too. And mm-hmm. so when I see, you know, the president speaking out um, and I'm trying to be very <laughs> nice right now because I do have a lot of problems with the way this person handles himself and represents himself and and unfortunately represents our country. Uh A a practice I use is that I look at this gentleman and I try to see past like the exterior gruff facade that he puts on and see that scared seven or eight year old boy. That's really lashing out in the form of a however old year old man he is. And when I'm able to do that, It doesn't mean that I still not like tensing up my fists a little or my stomach's churning, but it helps soften that those fists, even if just a little or that stomach churning or tightening, because I understand that, you know, what he is doing is a result of his life and the way he was brought up. And that's not excusing that behavior, Mm -hmm. but it's helping me. I guess it could even be looked at as selfish in a way, but it's, it's helping me to, be a little more calm. And again, I'm far from perfect because there's times I have to stop myself from throwing something at the TV sure, if I'm watching yes. like something <laughs> I'm with saying. you there. <laughs> yeah. But but that goes along with like uh the supporters and I have um you know people yeah. in my life that do still support him and it baffles my mind how. Um and we've had conversations and it's gotten to the point where we just can't really talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. because we're not going to see eye to eye on it. And okay, so let's leave that aside. And that doesn't mean that they're a bad person just because they support him. Um,
0: you know, I, when I, when I look at him, um, I mean, clearly he's a narcissist, of Uh, course, amongst
2: many things.
0: And one of the things I've learned, um, is that many psychologists, and I think that there's some, um, there's actually some scientific research, brain research, to back this up. They say sure. that a narcissist are formed typically between the ages of two and four when yeah. they either are abandoned, rejected, or they feel some threat of abandonment or rejection. And they they tr- get into survival mode because if you're that age and, and you aren't being supported, then, y- I mean, you'll die. So sure. the empathy yeah. center in the brain stops developing. and right. they, And they're just trying to manipulate the world to get what they need but right. you're right that 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 there's that young child in there who's just terrified it's like this survival level fear that they're not going to get what they need their basic needs met and it is right. it's, it's it's sad and
2: and, and please, no, go, no, ahead. go ahead go ahead i was just going to say and that reminds me as well of like uh maslow's hierarchy of needs and very high on those are self esteem and and acceptance and not the and he doesn't reference them in the healthy way he's talking about individuals looking outside of themselves and right. basing their sense of self-worth and, and on you know what others think of them and you look at how this individual conducts himself uh as the president and the way that you know he, basically caves for other dictators and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they know how to play him. And that's exactly like, it's like they're almost taking a page right out of, uh, Maslow's book and, and doing so to, to get what they want. And, uh, it's, it's sad. And so I try to find, you know, a balance again of compassion and empathy. Yet also this is like literally life changing and, and, the, I mean, the ramifications this can have for the world is, is huge. And, and we haven't even talked about climate change and the fact that this individual, you know, says that that's not a real thing. And I have, uh, nieces and plenty of listeners, I'm sure, uh, to your show have children or grandchildren. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be the ones most likely affected though. Reports come out quite often from scientists that saying it's going to happen quicker than we're thinking. Right. So maybe we will see, I mean, we're already seeing it, but the, the, uh, you know, even more extremes of what's to come, but they're the ones that I'm concerned about. And when we have people in charge that are saying that that's not real, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is setting everything else aside is a, is such a huge issue. But again, like, So much to unpack in such a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I always have to remember about the anger that I feel towards the situation is that, first of all, beneath anger is typically sadness. Yep. And secondly, anger is either reflecting something that we personally need to deal with or it's indicating where we need to set boundaries. And so I think for me, it's this whole process has illuminated both. And, um, but the, you know, we don't have the power necessarily to set the boundaries that we need to set, which
2: you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) (laughs) One of my big, big things, I continue to work on boundaries. I'm the worst, with them, but at least I'm aware. Step one, I'm aware and I admit it. So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Been there, done that. By by the way, folks, we have to go to another quick break, but when we return, I'm going to share. Okay. I'm going to tell you before this show. Chris and I had never emailed each other, texted each other, or talked together, and yet we collaborated on a project together. And I'll tell you a little bit about that on the other side of the break. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, Clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com.
1: Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com
5: Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
0: Welcome back to the Christine Eppert Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Before I share the 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 answer that you know, I, I gave you a little teaser before the break. I want to make sure, Chris, that um, people know how they can connect with you because I know that you and I are just going to con- talk until the very end, and I don't want <laughs> to forget to fit this in.
2: Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean essentially anything if anyone's interested in events, books, social media, it's all on my website, the Mhm. And if you He's,
0: if you google Chris Grosso, G R O S S O and C H yep. Chris, you know, like like That's me. Right. Um yeah. you will find your way to that and Wikipedia yeah. and all sorts of goodies uh, online. Yeah. And uh, the collaboration that I'm talking about was this book that um, i wrote a chapter for it's called all you need is love the importance of transcending spiritual cliches and living their deeper wisdom and we were so thrilled to have chris Grosso write the foreword. so it was i'm I'm so grateful that you did that for us and i loved what you wrote
2: thank you yeah as we were kind of briefly sharing during the break it, it worked out so perfectly um I don't like to get all woo woo or anything of that nature but the timing um really was perfect I have an exceptionally busy schedule as always and uh-huh. something had just like the day before Betsy who is one of the co-creators of the book yeah. with Betsy Chassie, uh, with Kate
0: Kate Montana and, yeah yep.
2: Kate Montana right um she reached out and asked if I was able to do it and it was just such you know one of those wow. Okay. Now I understand why, you know, I had this little Uh window of time open up and, and sure enough, like it just flowed. I didn't even have to think about it. I literally opened up my word doc and it came out. I did one quick editorial pass and I felt good about it and sent it Mm -hmm. over to Betsy and said, uh, and Kate and said, here you go do with it as you please feel free to edit in whatever ways most conducive for the book. You know, I trust you implicitly and here it is. And, uh, you know, I I'd also prior to doing that was able to look over, uh, several of the chapters, which I really appreciated. Um, afterwards I got to read the whole book, but, uh, uh, I knew like right away from the introduction and knowing Betsy and having spoken with Kate as well, that, uh, it would of course be an alignment, which it was. And knowing that you were a part of it, uh, there was no question that I was happy to do that. So Yeah. yeah, very exciting. And I know it was, um, in the beginning doing really well i haven't talked to betsy in a little bit but i was super yeah. excited because we got in the, the top 10
0: the... on amazon We have got number seven on yeah. amazon in one of the categories which you know and very quickly and it stayed up there for a while and I, I personally haven't looked in a while typically it's kind of funny because um i get really excited when something new you know when i'm, what, I'm, I'm birthing a new baby or helping birth a new baby right. or whatever you know and then it's kind of like okay you know, that's out what's next. And so I right. haven't really looked back too much.
2: Yeah. Same here. And like I, same with my books, you know, I have three books out. I haven't looked at where they are on Amazon and like probably a year. Uh-huh. I don't think, um, my mom's funny. Cause like she'll do that periodically, but you know, that's a mom thing. Yeah, of to course do. It is. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm same, uh, Christine, I'm on to the next thing. And yeah you know i just i don't have time really to do that sort of stuff so uh but i hope that book is continuing to do well because it's so needed and um you know it's it's just completely in line with um the message i try to share and uh and i know again mentioning jeff brown i know he wrote a really lovely endorsement for it and yes, um you know i i highly encourage listeners to check out jeff's work as well cuz yes. what a gifted writer he is and he um
0: is and he's and he's so insightful
1: Yes. Wow. And 100%. so real. So
0: real. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, folks, if you're interested in finding a link to purchasing the book, you can find it on my website on the homepage of christineupchurch.com. All right. You know, one of the things that, that you do that I just so appreciate, Chris, is that you work at youth centers. Um, yeah. You work with young people. Why have you chosen that route?
2: Well, so, I mean, I work with people of all ages, but I definitely, there's a, uh, a residential program here in Connecticut. It's about an hour away from where I live and I do three to four workshops a month there in between traveling to do other things, uh, you know, other events and, and workshops, but just something, you know, for me, as when I was a teenager, That was where, um, I began cutting and I fell Mm. into heavy depression and, um, it was in my later teenage years that I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol. And by the time I was 19, I was a full blown addict. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I work with a demographic typically at this center that's, I believe, 13 to 18 years old, and there's two different campuses are about five minutes away from each other, and uh, one is for the male clients and one is for the female and or however they choose to identify themselves, um, mm-hmm. just to be very respectful of that as well. Um, but, you know, trying to do my best to connect with these younger uh the younger demographic in a way where even if a seed is planted, you know, that maybe it won't change what's going on right now, but maybe a year six months, two years, who knows, it'll just like go off. Cause that's happened for me where early in my journey, seeds were planted that, you know, didn't really come to fruition until a few years later. Um, but I, to me, that is the most important work that I do hands down. I mean, all of the work I do, I consider very important, but it is working with that demographic and trying to bring in whether it is different practices or teachings in a way that is easily accessible for them and distilling like this, uh, you know, these wisdom tradition teachings, but in a fun and engaging way and using uh-huh. music and the fact that I'm heavily tattooed and have piercings, like, automatically, they're kind of more open right. to you're, what I have to say. You're
0: a cool dude. Yeah, yeah well,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you. I don't. I I think I'm a big old nerd, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> don't tell them that. But uh, yeah, no, and I and I love that. They're that's, I've been doing that for like five years now. And prior to that, I still worked with youth at an elementary school. I did one-on-one youth mentoring, uh, with the department of children and family services, uh, worked with a lot of at-risk youth and that had nothing to do with addiction. That was just, um, again, at-risk youth and rough, um, rough family situations. But I've just always had this, uh, passion for working with younger people because I understand that, you know, those are the ages where so much it can happen, whether good or bad. Right. And, you know, I'm trying to show them that even if they're going through the bad, it can change. And so, especially with this residential program, you know, yeah, you're in there, here's these teenagers in this program, but you know, I'm, I'm there to show them there's a different way and not in a like mm-hmm. everything will be okay. If you do this or that, it's like, no. And you know, like it can get a lot worse. And I also don't go that dare route of scare tactic. It's, it's, you know, this is what could happen. And uh, to be clear, the teens aren't there just for drugs or alcohol. It's suicide attempts. It's Mm -hmm. self-harm. It's eating disorders. And I say that my work there is equal parts, heartbreaking and heart filling. There Mm. have been times I have left and literally cried almost the entire ride home just because of the stories that a fourteen-year-old, you know, boy shared with me, who's just come back from his second suicide attempt, and not a cry mm-hmm. for help, like a real, legit suicide attempt, a fourteen-year-old, oh. or seeing the very deep cuts on—usually um, more of the female than male clientele—but right. you know, seeing that, and it's very, very emotionally draining. But I would not trade it for the world.
0: Mm, that's so great. Yeah. so um this hour has been flying by um i want to <laughs> mention your website again indiespiritualist.com that's i n d i e um and you've got several books Indie spiritualist, everything mind dead set on living um yep. in, in a few words or less do you have a final message for our listeners chris
2: um, you know, it's funny. I I always ask people that on my show, and then when I get asked, I always draw a blank. <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> I, I, I know, right?
0: I, I should
2: I should just come up with an answer and stick with it for everything. Uh, in this moment, right now, I would just say, you know, may we, a cliche, but a, a an important one is, may we all remember, you know, that we're all struggling and we don't know one another struggles. And may we do our best to be kind first and foremost to ourselves Mm. so that we can then more easily share that kindness with others. Um, I think that would be what I would miss with.
0: Yes. Thank you, Chris, for joining us here today.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for asking me on the show again. It's always a pleasure.
0: And thank you for joining us here too today. And I look forward to talking to you again, again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.
1: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.